Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Homes Podcast. This week's episode, I'm going to be talking about the five golden keys to unlocking a wealthy retirement. Today, we're just going to be diving deep into the secrets of a successful retirement plan uh, and the kind that allows you to sip margaritas on the beach or indulge in the passions without constantly checking your bank account. So let's grab your notepads and let's start diving right into it. So the first golden key that I want to talk about, and again, these are just in general, really easy things to follow and, and keep with you as you're going through life to make sure that you're just doing some lifestyle changes along with investing for retirement. So the first golden key is to quote unquote work as long as possible. And I'll even say especially until age 65. And we've all heard the saying age is just a number. But when it comes to retirement planning, it's a really important number, especially age 65. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One it comes down to when you retire, you need to be able to pay for health insurance until age 65 when you can jump on Medicare. And if you get on insurance before age 65 or until you get on Medicare, typically that cost is very, very high. And if I had to go through my list of clients and, and through our firm as well, I would say probably less than 10, if not closer to 5% of our clients are able to take their workplace health insurance with them into retirement. It's a very, very low number. And often, even if they are able to take it with them, they're paying the normal price of what that health insurance would be. So your employer is not kicking any cost into that anymore until age 65 when you can jump on Medicare and then it becomes some kind of a supplement plan. So almost everybody who retires before age 65 has to shell out a lot of money for these for these health insurance plans. And that's often over like $1,000 a month for even one individual. And then if you're talking about you and a spouse, that becomes probably one of your highest bills going into retirement. So that costs a lot for cash flow to be able to take that from your investments, to be able to satisfy that need. One of the biggest reasons though, is what when it comes down to your average investment return and that compounding of interest. So if you were to think, and it's a really big pull, and I'll talk about this a little bit later too, once you get into your mid-50s or so, you start to get this really big pull to want to retire. Maybe it's you've paid off the mortgage, your kids are out of the house, maybe they're not in college or they're beyond college, and so you don't really have that cost on forbearing on you. And you're feeling, hey, I can, I can potentially retire right now. But if you can withstand not taking money out of your investments for the next, say, 10 years, and we go back to that rule of 72, which you take 72 divided by whatever interest rate. So let's just throw out a number, say 7.2. So every 10 years, your, your money will double. So let's say you get to age 55 and you have a million bucks in there. You can maybe retire. I mean, it's going to be really tight. But if you were able to wait that 10 years, that money would have grown from 1 million to 2 million, effectively doubling the withdrawal for that investment. Uh, say before, if you were going to take, say, a 3.5% withdrawal, so you're going to take $35,000 out of your investment each year, 
Well, if you were able to wait that 10 years, that 35,000 turns into 70,000 because you're withdrawing from such a higher number. So your rebuttal to that might be, well, Connor, I don't want to, if I can potentially retire at 55, I don't want to wait 10 years to technically retire. Well, retirement can look a lot different than it did in, in years past or compared to your grandparents. It could be just you're leaving your current job, especially if you're a physical laborer worker or the work that you're doing is very stressful. Maybe you're stepping out of that job and doing some type of part-time work or contracted work where you can potentially earn quite a bit for lesser hours or for a lesser stressful life, now better work-life balance. But it just allows you to maybe not pull money from your investments. So allowing them to just compound for the next however many years, allowing that money to grow over time. Another thing I want to add, especially when it comes to prolonging when you start to take these investment dollars in retirement, especially if you can wait till age 65, is that most people, especially right now, is that their full retirement age when it comes to social security benefits is age 67. So most people, before they can withdraw that amount from social security, they are withdrawing a higher rate than they normally would off their investments until they can take that money. So by waiting as long as possible, you're minimizing the damage to your investments because you're only maybe taking two or three years of withdrawals from your investment dollars at a higher rate. And then when Social Security kicks in, then you can minimize that withdrawal, which minimizes the damage to your investments overall. So that's really important as well. Retirement looks a lot different nowadays than it did 20, 30 years ago. So that's something to think about, and that's probably one of the best golden keys out of all of this is just to wait as long as possible for your money to grow. The second golden key is a pretty obvious one is just to pay off your debts. Debt is like a financial monster under the bed, and it's, it's all about slaying that monster that just keeps holding people down. And, and the biggest thing is it's this cash flow need that you need to be able to pay this debt whether that's a mortgage going into retirement, whether this is a car payment or multiple car payments or all the above, making sure that we pay those off because that, again, equals less income needs. So potentially you could retire on less money or if you do have a surplus of money, that allows you to be able to take that money and do a lot more with that, whether that's vacations, being philanthropic. There's a ton of different options that you have, but that debt is a weight that costs a lot of people to not be able to retire or retire on a lot less. The third golden key, and this is probably one of my pet peeves, especially when I'm looking over someone's investment accounts, and, and that is to invest through the thick and thin. A lot of people, especially if they watch the news periodically or regularly, they fall into this trap of thinking, oh my gosh, we're on just like the edge of a financial cliff. We've never seen times like this. And there might be little nuances in the market that we haven't seen or haven't seen in decades, but it doesn't mean we've never seen something like this. We've been through wars. We've been through world wars. We've been through financial collapses. We've been through different bubbles in the market, whether that's the tech bubble or the real estate bubble. And we always seem to come back on the other side better. Now, does it take time to recover? Yes, absolutely. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't be investing throughout all of this. 
And there's a great way that you can still make money through all this process too, even if the market does come down like it has over the past couple of weeks. And that's called dollar cost averaging. So as you invest over time and you continue to invest through the good and the bad times, all those in investments that you make, whether that's weekly or biweekly or monthly, those get averaged out over time. So if you think of the, the market just bouncing kind of like a roller coaster, you're buying in at all these different times in the market. And over time, that average equals a lower average compared to what your average return is. This key is just so important when it comes to uh, the clients that we work with and just looking at our most successful clients, this is what they did. It wasn't always that they got in super early and invested when they were 18 and just never invested again. They just continually invested over and over and over regardless of what the market was doing, whether it was really hard on them. They financially made that sacrifice to say, I'm investing, whether it's a good time or a bad time. And in overtime, that has worked out for them. Now the fourth key, and this is another pet peeve of mine, and that's don't time the market. This kind of goes coinciding with, with rule number three, but we don't have a crystal ball, whether you're, we're talking to an advisor or where you're talking to an economist. There's good things that we can look at when it comes to like a teeter-totter of balance of do we think it's a good time to be in the market versus a bad time. But the biggest thing in looking at the numbers is that they don't lie. And the numbers say, and we, I can even pull up, it's a Dalbar's 2015 quantitative analysis of investment behavior. And what they did is they just looked at the difference of returns when it came to different investments between a retail investor, which is somebody who does it on their own, versus just the average investor or the average return. And you can go through each one of these different time periods, and it starts from one year, three year, five year, 10 year, 20, and 30, and the difference is massive. The average uh, equity investor return over a 30-year period was 3.79% compared to the S&P 500 average, which is 11%. That's a difference of 7.27% compounded annually. So that argument too that like your advisor is just taking money from you and that they're charging way too much, I would just show that this to them every single time. And this, is, this goes back to every single time period. The 20-year difference is 4.66%. 10-year difference is 2.41. Over a five-year, it was 5.26. And this isn't just equities as well. This also looks at fixed income. So taking on less risk with, with these investments. The average investor was at or below like 1% where if you looked at like the Barclays aggregate bond index, and then the difference was usually over 4%, 4.81 for a one year, 1.94 for a three year, 3.24 for five, and then looking at even farther, like at 20 years, 5.4% annually over that 20 year period. Those are massive differences. And again, this just goes back to you know working with an advisor and why this is so important is that retail investors aren't very good at timing the market. It's just plain and simple. So making sure that you're working with somebody that when you're feeling like you're on the financial cliff of, okay, I feel like I can't take this risk. I'm pulling my hair out. I can't sleep. Having that financial advisor in your corner to say, hold on, 
pump the brakes. We've been here before. Remember back when we you know, went through this in 08? Remember back when we went through this in 2018? Remember back when we did this in 2020 during the, the COVID-19 crisis? We can go back through history and show you all the times that the market has gone down and it ended up being okay. Again, does it take time for things to come back? Absolutely. It might take even a decade for things to really come back. But the big thing is to see the long-term picture and to not put your mind in this mindset of, oh, I have to make money in the next month or two months or even in the next year. So don't time the market. It's a really bad idea. Almost every time you're going you're gonna to miss. And, and just a, a quick analogy with that would be like the weather forecaster in Michigan. I mean, it's like almost always when they call the weather, it's not going to be very good. <laughs> in general, they can be maybe correct, like, hey, we're planning on rain over the next th- three days. But telling you when it's going to come, they're not very good. So just looking at the market in general and just trying not to time it. And then going back to golden key number three, to invest in the thick and the thin. Now, for the last golden key, which is another pet peeve of mine, I just feel like this is a lot of my pet peeves on this list, but it's to don't inflate your lifestyle. I've seen it so many times, especially with young people, as they progress throughout their career and they're getting job increases and they're working up the corporate ladder and you're making more money and they just continually inflate their lifestyle as they progress in their career. And it's okay that there is some inflation there. I feel like you shouldn't have to live like you're a college kid at 45 or 50 years old. I'm not saying that. But to continually just increase it, increase it, increase it until the point where here you are, you're in an executive level position and you still are basically living paycheck to paycheck because you've inflated everything in your life, whether that was your house, your cars, um, eating out too much. There's just so many things that go into that. And then the hard part about that when you come into retirement, especially if you didn't plan very well and don't have enough, which is the vast majority of people, then you're kind of at a catch-22. Okay, my lifestyle is way up here on this on this scale, but my income's only going to provide 70 or 60% of that. Well, most people, and this is trial and error that I've seen throughout my years and even going back and looking at our firm is that it doesn't work well. When you're making a lifestyle change in retirement, it just doesn't go well because you've been living this lifestyle for years, if not decades. So then to say, I'm going to change the way I spend money now, it just doesn't often work. So making sure you don't inflate your lifestyle. So that way, when you get into your 50s, or in your 40s and you get this surplus of money because you're progressing in your career and you're getting into that top tier of your earning potential, you can invest more money, you can be more philanthropic, you can do more things and and replace the things in your house that maybe you've been pushing off for years. Maybe you can finally make that change when it comes to the house. And it just isn't so important when it comes to the whole success of your retirement to make sure you don't inflate your lifestyle. So those are the five golden keys. Again, that is to work as long as possible, especially if you can prolong your investment withdrawals until age 65. You can pay off your debts, invest through the thick and the thin, don't time the market, and don't overly inflate your lifestyle. Pretty simple things to live by, and I want you to take those with you as you go through life because I can tell you right now through the most successful clients that we have, 
they've implemented this down to the nth degree. So I hope you guys take this with you. Please save this episode so you can come back a year from now, five years from now, just to remember, okay, am I still living these same principles? If not, I need to get back to it. And I hope you take these golden nuggets and just take these with you through the end of time. Please be sure to share all this. This is great information that not only you can benefit, but also your friends and family. Thank you guys so much for coming in week in and week out. I can't thank you enough for for being there and listening to me ramble a lot of the time. I'm just I'm just so thankful for that. Please, if you can, please leave an honest review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. It just allows more great people like yourself to find this podcast. Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys next week on another episode of the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowsman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowsman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowserman is a licensed financial advisor and any of the investment advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments, member SPIC. Products and services provided are not NCUA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services.